Hello, I'm John Ellis. Welcome to episode 34 of Pitodri PS, the predominantly Dons-based podcast featuring not just the Dons first team, but a look across the age groups and genders at the club. And we focus on the respective progress of Cove and Peterhead too, as well as the Northeast's local representatives in the Highland League and juniors. And not just football, but any sport making headlines in the Northeast of Scotland or featuring someone from the Northeast of Scotland. Joining me for this journey, as always, Dave McDermott, and Andrew Shiny. So here we are recording this episode on the morning of Tuesday, March 29th, 2022. Uh, no Don's match from the men's squad to look back over, but we'll get on to the others uh, in just a bit and ahead to the uh, return of league action with a trip to Dens to face Dundee. But first, a brief recap on what should have been a week where the national team learned more about their fates and destiny so far as this year's World Cup is concerned. What we do know now is should they qualify past this stage against Ukraine, in a Hamden match which currently can't be scheduled because of events in Ukraine, they'll face Wales in Cardiff in the playoff final. Not the easiest of tasks. Uh, as things stand, the Scots taking on Austria in a friendly tonight across there, uh, following a 1-1 draw against Poland on Thursday. Have we learned anything from that match, Andrew, or was it just largely a case of marking time? I think what you've learned from the game is that Scotland still need a striker, still need somebody to convert chances. Unfortunately, when you look through the Premier League in Scotland or the Premiership, you look at the top scorers and they're all non-Scots. The Scot with the most goals is Bruce Anderson. Now, Bruce, lovely guy, good player that he is. Is he the answer to Scotland's striking woes? Possibly not. But if he keeps on scoring goals, um, there's going to come a time where Steve Clark is going to say, you know what, let's give this wee guy a chance. And, and see what you can do for us. But I think you saw the strength of midfield. Um, it's not bad when you can take off McGregor, Gilmore, which other midfielder came off, uh, Ryan Christie, and you can throw on Kenny McLean, Ryan Jack, players of, of that ilk, Stuart Armstrong. You know, so we're pretty strong in the middle of the park. Defensively, we're pretty solid. Craig Gordon won't go on forever, but we've got a very, very good goalkeeper there. So uh, in the short term, um, we're in pretty good shape. We're a difficult side to beat. We don't score enough, obviously. But if you can get one, you would put a fair chunk of money in Scotland management to keep the back door closed. Uh, so it'll be an interesting one against Austria tonight, just to see how much use of his squad um, we see from Steve Clark. Will the players that didn't feature at all on Thursday night there get a run out? If not, you'd have to say, why not? Because it is a meaningless friendly at all intents and purposes. Um, Austria, I don't think they're going to be looking at it as a must-win game by any stretch. Yes, it's going to be the last game for their manager, Franco Foda. They'd probably like him to go out in a high, but it's a game that they just feel they'll probably have to get out the road. Um, and given where we are in the season and what's at stake for players when they get back to their clubs, I don't expect it to be high tempo, high intensity, but it's a good opportunity again for squads to, to bond. And that, I think, has been probably the, the biggest thing that Steve Clark will have got out of this exercise. Because I'm not underestimating the threat of Ukraine when that match finally is able to be scheduled. But just glancing ahead to the possibility of, of facing Wales in Cardiff, Dave, is that one where we're capable of going and recording a win to qualify? Yeah, of course we are. I mean, it's so difficult to even think about that game because who knows when the Ukraine game is going to be played. I saw one suggestion, why not give 
an extra World Cup space. You know, uneven the balance, obviously, but mm. it could be worked around and give Ukraine direct entry into the World Cup, which to me seems, given all that's happened, a perfectly sensible idea. But going back to your question, yeah, I mean, obviously Gareth Bale is as near to almost a one-man team as you can get, but we've shown in the past that if there's key players that need looking after, we're very good at that. Uh, so, yeah, we're perfectly capable, but when it's going to be played, you know, squads probably have, will have changed around a wee bit. Injuries have taken place between now and, and now and then. So it's very difficult other than to say a very general yes, but of course we are. Okay. Uh, now, going through the um, the different age groups, uh, Andrew, a few games and a few Dons players involved tonight. Yeah, there's, there are four uh, Scotland teams playing today. The under-17s play against Georgia and Falkirk. Uh, so four of what would have been the under-18 squads that would be travelling down to play Celtic this evening will be involved in that. Adam Emsley, Liam Harvey, Alfie Bavich and Dylan Lobin. Uh, Ryan Duncan on loan at Peterhead just now, of course, is in the under-19 squad that play Israel, familiar foes. Uh, this mm-hmm. one being played in Hungary. Another familiarity once again for Dave and myself, the stadium at least, Almaty, Kazakhstan. That's where uh, uh, Connor Barman and Calvin Ramsey will be doing their stuff for the under-21s. And of course, Lewis Ferguson involved in the men's squad. But um, you see the, the number there. And well, there's, there's three first-team players who you feel are going to be vital for, for Saturday are involved um, Lewis Ferguson, Connor Barden and Calvin Ramsey. And the two that you're going to be looking at most, I think, are the two who are out in Kazakhstan because we know, Dave, how long a trip it is to get out there. And uh, I dare say the SFA won't be putting on a plane as plush as the one that we took to go back and forth to the Central Stadium in, in Kazakhstan. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a 12 o'clock kickoff hour time, isn't it? Something it like is, that. yes. Yeah, uh-huh. so it's it's an unusual so time. But, you know, you, you do think for Connor and Calvin coming back, it is quite a... It was some like 11 hours, was it? It was 11 hours that it yeah. took us, and that was a direct flight. Yeah. Um, well, one stop refueling. For, for refueling yeah. in Turkey, I think it was. Um, but, you know, they're going to be flying over the war zone. So you're going to have to avoid Russian airspace, um, anything close to Ukraine. So they're probably going to have to fly quite far south to come back again. So I'm not sure exactly what the itinerary is, but um, you just hope that, you know, A, they don't pick up any injuries, but B, that they can shake off the effects of all the travel in time for the game on, on Saturday because both have got a big part to play for Aberdeen. And in amongst the Scotland dignitaries, they'll be hoping that none of them are asked to drink uh, fermented horse's milk out of a, le- out of a leather pouch. <laughs> because that's what happened. That's what happened to one of ours. Right. Duncan, Duncan Fraser, I don't think, has ever recovered from that. <laughs> okay. Um, Don's action over the last week included a first as the Don's women's team played under the floodlights in front of a Pataudry faithful in the homecoming fixture against Rangers. Tremendous build-up for this, I thought, in terms of the, the sort of media available from AFC, tracing the history of the players, how they've grown up, wanting to play for Aberdeen, the clubs they progressed from, some nice stuff there. Uh, ultimately, on the night, the girls lost 2-0 to Rangers, but I think given Rangers are the, the sort of form team in the country, maybe it gives a measure of, of how far the Aberdeen FC women's team has travelled in a, a comparatively short time, Andrew. It was good to see 
first and foremost, such a good attendance at the game. It's about and, 2000, wasn't it? Yeah, and a lot of girls' teams uh, along watching the Aberdeen ladies playing there and and seeing, you know, what they're aiming for. And as a, an exercise in promoting uh, women's football in Scotland, I think it was first class. I think um, Celtic played Hibs at Celtic Park as well. Um, so, you know, it's, it's important that... Um, the women's teams are are given their place and given a, a chance to to aim for the top sort of thing. Uh, it was a big, big thing for them playing at Pataudry. You saw that, as you say, in the build-up and then in the post-match um, uh, social media posts, they, they were all saying, you know, dream come true, getting the chance to play at Pataudry. And yeah, uh, a 2-0 defeat to a fully professional Rangers team, absolutely no disgrace whatsoever. Um, and it's interesting to note now that I think Hearts are talking about going semi-pro with their women's team. I think Aberdeen will be looking at that possibility as well because, uh, you know, they've done exceptionally well against teams who are either fully professional or semi-pro as basically an amateur team. So... Yeah, uh, a, a really good experience for everyone involved in the women's game. Um, you know, that they got the chance to play at Pataudry and to get a nice big crowd along there and an atmosphere and all the, the surrounding press, etc., etc. Really good for the, the women's game. Next up for the women's team, a home match back at Balmoral Stadium when they met Spartans on Sunday afternoon. Fairly evenly matched sides as well. They played each other three times this season in all competitions ahead of Sunday's game. A win each and a draw. The Dons two points ahead of Spartans in fifth going into this and with a game in hand. Turned out a 1-1 draw for an under par Aberdeen. That being said, they did score first and 18th of the season for Bailey Hutchison in the 51st minute. The equaliser coming 13 minutes later for Spartans, who may feel they should have taken more from the game. Maybe just one of those where, you know, they put a lot into the previous Wednesday, not just physically, but I mean, the entire build-up and the occasion, it could well have been quite draining. It's not unusual for a slight dip after something like that, is it? You know, when you're playing a, a midweek game as, as well, and, and yeah. not just the actual the draining of the game itself, but all the build-up, you yeah. know, and all the... the the media attention surrounding it, it does take more out of, of the players. So it was no no real surprise. It wasn't a, a great performance from the girls on, on Sunday, but, uh, you know, it wasn't the worst result. And, uh, you know, Spartans will probably will feel a wee bit hard done by it and take more. So all in all, but at least a, bit, a full week now to, to recuperate for the big one this weekend. Yeah, uh, the draw, as I say, keeps the Dons two points ahead of Spartans in fifth with that game in hand over the Edinburgh side. Next up, uh, Scottish Cup quarterfinal against Celtic at Balmoral Stadium this coming weekend. Do we foul this one under free hit, Dave? Possibly, um, but I think they'll uh, be going into this with self-belief that if they play as well as they did back at Pataudry, as well as they have done at Balmoral before, they'll, uh, they'll have a, a good crowd behind them. And uh, the last time I watched the them play Celtic uh, last time in the league. It wasn't too much in it, so uh, they'll be going in thinking with home advantage, there's, you know, get the right break of the ball, they might get the result, and it's a, it's a, a Scottish Cup tie, so, you know, anything can happen. On to AFC under-18s, who you may remember last episode had just returned from the Algarve, where they'd been competing against some of Europe's bigger clubs in their age group category, give a good account of themselves overall. Uh, next up, later on this evening, it's a game against Celtic away. In fact, you'll be jumping onto that team bus for that one in just a little while, Andrew. 
Um, how do you see that one going with all the players that are uh, representing Scotland away? It's going to be difficult, um, probably recognising some of the players. There'll be new faces, I'm sure, for Aberdeen. Uh, the average age will be dropping further and further away from my age. Um, there'll be a 50-plus year gap between my age and, and their average age. Um, but I was just looking at the, the current under-18 league table. Uh, nine teams in the league, and would you believe Celtic are in ninth, Aberdeen are eighth. Wow. Celtic, ninth place, they've played 25 games. They've lost 16 of those games. Um, and I believe they've lost eight out of their last nine games. So obviously Celtic either aren't interested in this league at all or they're putting their, their best under-18 players into their B team in the, the Lowland League uh, because I was astonished to see that, to be perfectly honest. I knew that we weren't having a great season. Now, we've only played 18 games. Um, so, you know, you've got Hamilton ahead of us have played four games more than Aberdeen, one point more. Um, there's still a lot of water to pass underneath the bridge. I think Aberdeen will possibly finish about mid-table in the, in the league, which is pretty much what we expected because we knew that this was going to be a very transitional season um, given the age of the group and the comparative shortage of numbers in the group as well uh, because... You know, there's a, a lot of players that are out on loan. Um, and then there's, there's uh, as I say, a lot of very young players shoring up the sides. So um, as far as today's game goes, uh, Aberdeen and Celtic have met twice already this season at Cormac Park. A 3-2 win for the Dons and a 3-3 draw. So I anticipate it being pretty close. But um, with the run of form that Celtic are on, I think regardless of who's in the Aberdeen side, Barry Robson will be telling them, look, this is a Celtic side that can be beaten. And it, no matter how good, bad or indifferent they are, it's always a feather in your cap to be able to go to uh, the, the home ground of one of Rangers or Celtic at whatever level and beat them. So um, they'll, they'll be up for this one, no doubt about it. And I would imagine that it's probably um, the majority of the boys that were in the Algarve that will be involved in this. And they had a good tournament there. Although they finished ninth out of 16, they, they had clean sheets and seven out of their nine games, didn't concede in any of their last six games, drew with Benfica, drew with Porto, beat Club Bruges. If they can take that forward, who knows, they could pick up the three points today. And just before we leave the Dons for this episode, let's recap the situation from last week as we get set to return to league action uh, and away tonight against Dundee coming up. Uh, another must-win, Dave, but you think we'll get that? Yeah, because it's precisely that, a must-win must game. And uh, we've got two more cup finals to come to try and take us into that top six. And uh, we, I think I said 2-0 last week, and I'll stick with that. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was gonna, let's do that score predictor again and aim for a sense of continuity in terms of last week's episode, but, you know, who cares, really? Uh, Dundee versus Aberdeen. Dave's going 2-0. Andrew? Uh, I'm pretty sure I said 2-0 as well. It was you that was going OTT. Well, no, I think you said 2 and then said, well, Dave said 2, I'll say 1. No, I no, went, I, no, I, I, I guessed first and then Dave oh, right, agreed okay. with me. So, right, no, no, okay. we'll, we'll stick with 2-0. We'd, ha- we'd be happy with 7. <laughs> I, I said 3, yeah. Yeah, gone for now, the heady days of me buying cigars and champagne as the Dundees was passing by Dens at halftime uh, and we were already three or four up. That was a Friday night game and I think Andy scored his hat-trick. That's right, that was the day before Andy's birthday. That's um, right. 
And speaking of birthdays, he will celebrate his birthday on Friday. Oh, he'll turn go. 35. Wow. So, well, <laughs> will, will there so be this some... one, this will be the hat trick the day after these birthdays. Yes. Will there be some <laughs> sort of, because the next game after that, I think the next home game we had after that, if I'm right, I think was Rangers. And uh, Gordon, who plays the music, um, had been uh, decided that we were going to play um, Sweet Caroline because the fans, our fans sing Sweet Sweet Considine. That's that. right. Yeah. Uh, so he put it on, but for wh- whatever it was, I don't know what the Rangers fans sing to it, but they actually started going crazy. They were loving it. <laughs> we're saying the Gordon. Yeah, I'm going to abort, abort. <laughs> uh, so it didn't last more than one chorus, as far as I remember. Okay, on to League One, and uh, Cove Rangers not missing a step yet. Their way to the League One title. Last week they showed their credentials. Uh, when they defeated third place Montrose 2-1 away from home this weekend past they aimed to pull off a similar feat against second place Airdrionians. They could have had easier run-ins and Cove got off to the worst possible start, conceding a goal in the first minute. Never at their best, but they did create a few chances in the game to bounce back, although it took a wonder goal from Fraser Fivey in the third minute of injury time with a volley from fully 25 yards to claim the equaliser and a share of the spoils. Cove stay five points clear at the top. We said last week going into this one, Dave, a point might be enough to see Cove out. Uh, a contender for the goal of the season to boot as well. But do you think that's the uh, the engraver getting his coat on now and heading for Balmoral? No, I think that would be just a wee bit premature because this this league, as Paul Hartley said afterwards, you know, there's there's still five more cup finals to go and uh, three of them are, are away from home out of the five. So it's still there's still plenty of football to be played. But what uh, Saturday? did give us or did give Cove was, you know, that it was a, such a, a relief after, I mean, I was watching it go in on the, on the, the Sky app, 93 minutes, 94 minutes, still 1-0, and then the equaliser uh, came in from Fraser, having watched it a few times, it's an absolute belter. It's a screamer, but, isn't it? Uh, it really is, but no, there's still, there's still an awful lot of difficult games to come. I mean, for instance, say uh, Airdrie, they're they're against the East Fife for bottom this weekend, so you'd think they'll get three three points. And Cove, of course, are on the road for the next two weeks. Um and it's still very, very difficult. I think they'll do it, but there's no complacency going to set in, that's for sure. Uh, meanwhile, Peter Head officially stopped glancing upwards in the table last time out as the gap to reach that main group appeared too big to close. Instead, they now have to look down the way. Uh, and first and foremost, ensure they avoid slipping down a spot behind Dumbarton, who ahead of Saturday's fixtures uh, occupied that dreaded playoff position, standing in Peter Head's way on Saturday as they tried to claim full points at Balmour, Falkirk, the opposition. And Peter Head managed to secure what could be a vitally important victory, just the one goal in it uh, to nil, moving them four points ahead of their nearest rivals, Dumbarton. Now, for the Highland League teams, uh, Fraserburgh and Bucky Jags both kept their cool in the midweek fixtures. Uh, a fine 2-0 win at Brora kept the Brock in pole position. Bucky maintained their pursuit in uh, in second, though, as they edged out Rothis 2-1. Both teams have won 25 of 29 games so far. Fraserburgh uh, drawn two of the remaining four. Bucky only one, meaning there's a point difference going into the Saturday fixtures, where Fraserburgh welcomed Wick Academy. Uh, Bucky were away to Devon Vale. Another interesting one in this set fixture. Third versus fourth uh, when Brecon welcomed Brora. The match is eventually ending up like this, though. So Brecon City 2, Brora Rangers 1. Clach 1, Lossiemouth 1, Devon Vale 0, Bucky Thistle 4, Fraserburgh 5, Wick Academy 0, 
Everybody Locos, two, Fort William, nil. Uh, Keith, nil. Huntley, nil. Nairn County, nil. For Martin United, one. Rothes, two. Strathspey Thistle, three. And Tariff United, three. Forest Mechanics, two. In the juniors, Dave. Well, Bank City, after their final home league match against Bank St. Ternan, which they drew 1-1, they were presented with the Super League trophy officially. So uh, well done to them. Elsewhere, at the bottom of the Super League, Devon's side moved off the bottom of the 3-2 home win over Nairn St. Ninian. Uh, in the second division, uh, the results, the main result was Newmarket United's draw at Islevale, which keeps them um, very much in third place. And the big cup results, uh, Quest Engineering Interregional Trophy quarterfinal, Cooter 2 dice nil. Cooter through to play Dundee East Craigie away from home next month. In the semi-final of the League Cup, Rothy Rovers 1, Bridget on Thistle 2, the winner coming in stoppage time. And Clement Cup quarterfinal, it was Montrose Rosley 2, East End 1. Now, I know you wanted to, uh, to give a mention to Jim George before we finish the programme. Yeah, Jim, a uh, good friend of, uh, well, uh, Andrew and I both knew Jim. Well, I knew Jim for many, many years. And in fact, uh, bef- just before his uh, cancer diagnosis, uh, I we met up for a, a coffee during lockdown, December 2020, because Jim had just started doing a podcast uh, with Scottish oh. football with guys down south, and he wanted me to have a listen and uh, see what, with my radio hat on, what <laughs> I thought of it. And it was very, very, very good. And uh, unfortunately, we, we never got a chance to have, have a, another coffee down at Duffy Park. And, uh, you know, very sad news when it came through. And as I was saying to you before we came on air, John, that uh, Jim and Ian Esselman were known as the uh, Jack and Victor of junior football management <laughs> and they were laterally with Stonehaven up until a few years ago. But uh, no, Jim was a lovely guy and a uh, big loss. Okay. And that is pretty much it for episode 34 of Pitodry PS. We aim to publish every week on a Tuesday if we can. Always looking back to the Don's previous fixtures and ahead to the next. Please remember, you can follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could rate and review us, tell us what you think of the show as well. We'd be very grateful. Thanks for checking out Pitodry PS. We'll see you next time.